A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, World Game Changers, and a very, very warm welcome to this podcast episode where today I'm joined by a gentleman from England, from my native country of England, and uh, Wayne, Wayne Smith is his name, and Wayne's quite instrumental, I'm just going to leave it at that for the time being, listeners, in the world of sport, and particularly boxing. So without further ado, Wayne, a very warm welcome to you, sir. Thank you for having me, nice to see you, how are you? I'm all right, I'm all right. So, good. boxing. Tell us, uh, give us a little bit of an intro about yourself, Wayne, and, uh, you know, probably a little bit more specifically this uh, this pugilistic art that you become embroiled in. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, so yeah, so I'm a, I'm a former boxer, um, only at amateur level, not professional level, but I was a, I'm a former amateur boxer, and then I turned, I, I turned my hand to coaching because I had an accident where I fell 30 foot through a, a scaffold um, down to the uh, the dodgy scaffolders out there that moved the board and I went flying through it. So um, that put the end to my career. So I started coaching after that because I just couldn't leave. I've always been interested in contact sports. I was a national champion in karate when I was um, a junior and then I played a good level of rugby as well. So I always loved, always had a passion for contact sport. And um, so, yeah, after my boxing career finished, I, I, I didn't want to leave the, leave it. It was kind of like it's ingrained in me. Um, like, but many people in boxing, they, 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 either their grandparents have done it, their dads have done it, and it always goes down the generation. But that's not the same with me. No one in my family had ever done any boxing. They hadn't done any um, in karate or anything. They played a bit of rugby and stuff, but but it was different for me. So no one knows where it really came from. I just I've always been intrigued by contact sport. Like my earliest earliest rem- memory is um, is of Nigel Benn and Chris Eubank going at it on ITV mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Fight Lives, and um, sitting there with my mum and dad watching that. And then, um, yeah, so going back to the story, I I took my coaching badges and started coaching at my local club, the club that I, I boxed for. And I moved on from there, not moving on from there, I, I became the Kent County coach. So I started coaching the county squads and arranging um, county matches up and down the country against other counties and bringing teams in from abroad and facing them. And then I got myself onto the England team. And I became a coach for the England Talent Pathway team. So I'm very fortunate to, to work with many of the great athletes that we've got in this country. And um, at the club that I'm still with now, which is a different club to where I box because I moved, which is St Mary's ABC in Chatham now, we've produced um, we produce numerous like national and international champions over the past four years I think we've had 11 national champions we've had a youth Olympic champion and we've had a two-time European champion as well so um, we're, we're right in the midst of it and then that kind of like took me on to I started 
I found a niche in the, like someone asked me would I do a little bit of community outreach work with boxing. So I started to going out into the, out into communities and just where the young people were hanging around and I would just set up programs, take boxing to them. I started doing that, which started proving popular and started getting working with local authority teams, such as like the police, the early help team, youth offending, housing associations, community groups. And then we, um, we kind of grew. I started then delivering in schools. And, um, and now eight years later, we're now, we're now the UK's leading provider in boxing fitness. We're, we're, we're zoning in on our goal of delivering in 50 schools a week. We're, we're currently on 48. Um, so we're very, very close. And we've also got 30 community programs running a week. So, so my maths, I think that's, that, yeah, 70, 78. Or, well, actually, no, we must have more than 30 because the last program count was 82 programs a week we were delivering. So um, yeah, we we are the UK's leading provider. And we're we're based in the southeast, and um, I think we coach now like between us, like our team, like our team. There's there's ten of us on our team now, and um, I think like we coach to nearly three thousand people a week. We've got wow. we've got we've got programs running like like I say, all the school programs, which ranges from primary school, secondary school, special educational needs schools. Um, we've got community programs that range from like our age range at the moment is from five years old up to 88. I've got two 88 year olds that join us every week, and, nice. um, which is, yeah, it's remarkable. Kitty and Harry, a married couple, lovely. They are. They're in our boxing for dementia program. So because we cover lots and lots of different things. We do rookies, five to eight youths, eight to 17. Then we have a community box fitness for the adults. And then, um, yeah, we specialise in uh, programmes for children and young people with additional needs and boxing for Parkinson's, boxing for dementia. So we're just proving that boxing's a sport that, that is open to everyone, that everyone is, can have fun and enjoy it. Like, it's all non-contact, it's the fitness element. It's not like they're going in the ring or anything like that. And, um, yeah, we break down every single barrier that we can to engage people in sport and physical activity every day. Right. Wow. OK, so um, you mentioned a couple of names earlier on there, Ben and Eubank. I mean, that yeah. was at a time where the middleweight division was littered with class. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. One of my favourites was Marvin, was Marvellous Marvin. And, yeah, um, yeah. God bless him. He just passed away, didn't he, recently? You know, then there was um, Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray Leonard. Mm -hmm. In your, you know, just a very quick one, Wayne, in your humble opinion, I mean, that particular era for middleweights was, as I say, was littered with literally world-class, yeah. world-class um, champions. Who, who would you pick out of that I mean, it's got to be the all-time great circle of middleweights. It's got to be. Who would you pick out after some of those illustrious names as the number one? I, I would have to go with Sugar Ray Leonard. Mm. I'd have to go with Sugar Ray Leonard out of them. There was um, obviously Duran beat him the first time, but then uh, he come back and he made Duran quit, didn't he, in the second yeah. fight, the yeah, no mass fight. Yeah. Um, but I, I just... Him and Hagler, it's difference of opinions in that fight. I actually scored it one round up to Sugar Ray Leonard, so I had him winning. 
Um, but lots of other people say that Hagler won it. It's, it's, it's horses for courses. But mm. the um, yeah, between between them, but like, they all made each other. That's what they had. That was the the most important thing was that they made each other. Like without each other, I don't think they'd have been known as great as what they are now. You know, mm. like they made each other. Um, like Roberto Duran as a lightweight was he was. I would say Roberto Duran is the greatest lightweight ever to live. Like at lightweight, when he was lightweight, um, he was phenomenal then. Um, maybe a little bit different as he went up through the weights, like getting older and stuff. But as a lightweight, he was he, he was he was close to being untouchable as a lightweight, Roberto Duran. Whereas like Hearns, the same Tommy Hearns, when he was a welterweight, that was that's where he was his best it was at well to wait it was only when they moved up a little bit but probably you could say the same as sugar ray leonard he was naturally he was a well to wait and that's where he stood out as his best but they all went up through the weights didn't they mm. um, but them four i think them four made each other but um i like i loved all of them all of them but i'd say for the skills and he, he had everything, Sugar Ray Leonard. He could really punch hard. He, he wasn't just a wasn't just a, a technician where he was a skillful boxer. He could really bang as well. He could take you out with either hand. So that, which was a kind of a rarity. Like sometimes you either have a puncher or you have someone that's really slick and a good boxer. But he had it all. He could box forward, backwards, inside, outside, defensively, everything. He had it all. So for me, it's uh, yeah, definitely him. So, four words, Wayne. Sport changed my life. And obviously, we're focusing on the boxing element. I just want to share with you, if I may, something I wrote about um, in my very first well, self-published book way back in 2000 called Mastering mm -hmm. the Game of Life. And it was about yeah. my upbringing from inner city Nottingham. Uh, we produced a decent middleweight over the years, Carl Froch. Um, yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wrote in this book, Wayne, there was, and I was talking about my time as a kid on Bestwood Estate, which was, uh, where was, I was born and bred, very tough in a city council estate. I can remember mm -hmm. this, um, this, this phrase, of this paragraph I put in the book. The only way out of this half-lived existence was going to be sport or education. And the latter was not a consideration for most of the tough kids on this gritty council estate. Yeah. So sport was it. And then I kind of went on to say that actually only football, rugby and boxing were the alternatives. Cricket and things like that were not deemed proper sport. This was the mentality of these hungry kids. You know, I'm going back yeah, to the 60s, yeah. you know, the middle to late 60s. Um, but what's been interesting for me, Wayne, over the years is, actually how I personally ended up on the academic trail, which then got me in touch with a lot of people at high level from sport. Interesting how life's ironies twist, isn't it? You, you have a focus around one thing, a belief system around X or Y or Z, and things happen in your life that come along and challenge that right out the blue. And you think, and I spent all those years thinking A, B or C, and it's turned out to be X, Y, and Z. Does that all make sense yeah. at all? Wayne? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. It's um, it, it's amazing. Like you say about them sports there that that cricket, and that's what it's because I suppose when you're talking about the demographics of people, isn't it? It's it's like 
like your your lower demographic of society, that the sports that they are accessible to is your football, your rugby, your boxing, um, because they're 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 easily played, aren't they? They're easily mm. played, and they're less. They don't cost like boxing's known as a poor man's sport. It always has been. It's been known as a poor man's sport in society and in the community. But but also, it's one of them sports that have changed that, that has changed more lives than probably any of the other sports. Mm. Um, like there's there's lots of lots of stories like not even just my own story but like more famous people's stories of, of of where they would have been if it wasn't for for boxing and we're not talking about uh, we're talking we're talking decades before they even get to the professional era of the boxing of, of that that side of sport you know it's the the grassroots of the sports where you've got your your community coaches your dads on a football sundays and stuff like that they're the people that really change the lives of, of these young men and young ladies. I want to enter a word here, Wayne, which you might think initially, where on earth is he coming from with this one word? And the word is silence. I want to bring in that word silence. And I want to put it in the context of, let's keep it on the focus on, on the, uh, the noble heart, boxing. And there's a lot of hype, isn't there? I mean, you know, you look on the TV, and particularly the big fights, you know, my mind goes back to Ali and all the kind of hype. And, sure. you know, we've seen it in more modern day uh, terms. But, I mean, particularly with the heavy, heavyweights where they're, you know, the showmanship of selling tickets, let's put it that way. But I ask you, Wayne, really, that true mark of a champion it's that silence within, isn't it? When you know, mm. you don't have to mouth about it. You don't have to shout about it because you have that inner calm. You have that inner knowing of just who you are and what you can do. The rest is yeah, just that's right. blood and bluster, isn't it? Is that a fair comment? That's right. Yeah, no, absolutely. You've got the ones that, that scream and shout and, and then when they actually do get beat, they got they look very silly from that that point of view. But the ones that do keep it calm calm and uh, and silent and, and that just go about their work, they are they are the most they're the dangerous ones that you've got to look out for. Um like just the past weekend we've had exactly the same we've had the same concept with the big fight that was at the weekend with Canelo Alvarez, the pound for pound number one in the world at the moment, the Billy Joe sort of like the Brit, like he's the Mexican. And he fought the British guy, the Brit Billy Joe Saunders. Billy Joe Saunders been over there shooting his mouth off um, all week and being as loud and telling everyone what he was going to do. And Canelo Alvarez hardly said a word. And Canelo Alvarez was the one that was victorious. And Billy Joe's now still in hospital fixing his broken eye. You know, so mm. it's like he just went around his work and and. There was no no hype about it. He just he just gets his work done, um, and that's but that's that's the brutal side of it. That really is, and it's it's what the when we say the silence, it's that's what a lot of them are. They know what they're capable of. They know what they can, what reach they can hide. They don't have to tell everyone all the time. There's uh, there's an example I use Wayne from one of the, in my humble opinion, one of the world's great personal development uh, practitioners the late great um um his name's escaped me how embarrassing um <laughs> that's fine wayne blimey i can't believe this and he's one of my favorites right editing team you're gonna have to cut this a little bit now <laughs> wayne, wayne dyer wayne dyer 
I'll tell you Wayne what, guys. I've not heard of him, actually. Yeah, he's, I mean, if you sort of Google Dr. Wayne Dyer from the States, yeah. I mean, very, very prominent. Okay, I'll have a look. Yeah. I mean, he's that prominent, Wayne, and that, I'm that much into him, I forgot his name. You forgot his name? <laughs> yeah. Um, senior Always moment. away. It's senior moment. It happens when you get to 28 yeah. plus. Um, <laughs> so, but the point I'm trying to make here, um, Wayne, is he had a saying, is this, um, this saying was, those that know do not speak. Mm. And that's very true, isn't it? I mean, you know, I've done a bit of sparring myself, not at an extremely high level, but enough to know that the discipline and just see what you can do. Don't, don't mouth about what you can just see what yeah. you can do. And for me, what that taught me, Wayne, was it's a great parallel to life itself. Just do your best, get your head down and crack on with it rather than telling That's the world right. what you're going to do. And it's, like, there's a true saying that we always say in boxing, and it's, it's um, you get out of what you put in. And that mm. like, it rings true with life, doesn't it? If you put mm. the hard work into life, you will reap the rewards. And that is the same with boxing. Like like boxing, the way like we 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 speak to our young people and our young athletes that we say, and like the, the greatest thing. And like for myself, like as an accomplishment from boxing, like the biggest thing, like I say, I, I was um, I was national karate champion, but I but I played a good standard of rugby, good standard of football as well as a kid. And um, like in them sports, you've got 14 other men or 10 other men around you. Like, in that boxing ring, it's just you. Like, mm. everything you do. Like, you might have your corner and everything like that, your coaches with you, but when that bell goes ding, ding, they're the other side of the ropes. It's just you in there. And, yeah. um, and everything that you achieve in that ring is down to you. It's down to your choice, down to your training, your dedication, everything everything leading up to that moment that you've put in like and and it's it's a truth game it really is like and that's where you find out like you can tell like, like as coaches you can sit back and you can watch about now in a, a show that you'll be at and you can tell who's been doing their road work who's been running and who hasn't who's fit who's been putting the work in you can tell you know so um you can see it a mile off like you know in your own boxer when they're telling you yeah i'm out doing all my runs and then you see them when they get in there you can tell you can tell within a minute if they've been doing their work or not mm. so let me ask you this question as a generalization because i mean i got involved in football um at a very early age that was my focus mm -hmm. my passion and yeah. um the, for me, football was a great parallel to life, as I know enough about boxing to know so is that. And, mm -hmm. you know, the question that I ask really, Wayne, is talent or graft or both? Which yeah, one? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very tough one, isn't it? But talent only takes you so far. So it's like there's that saying, isn't there? Talent will get beat when talent doesn't work hard. Um, mm. Or the other, I can't remember exactly. Um, hard, what is it? What is the exact saying? Um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. There you go. There it is. There, you know. And and that's what it is. Like talent will carry you so far. Talent will carry you so far. Like we've got athletes that absolutely, like you see it quite often as juniors, like schoolboys, schoolgirl level up through to the juniors. You'll have some that will be absolutely head and shoulders above everyone else. But by the time they get to youth and senior age, they've been caught up. 
And it's, it's at that time where if they're not putting in the work to constantly evolve and, and progress and develop as an athlete, that they will be found out and they will get caught up with. And that's, again, it's another metaphor for life, isn't it? It's exactly mm. the same, same yeah. exactly the same way. Yeah. One of the uh, things I spent, I, was, I, I would love to be able to say, Wayne, misspent youth. Um, it certainly wasn't youth that I'm going to refer to here, but um, more adulthood. But I spent in a lot of time yeah. with a lot of the uh, old Irish bare knuckle um, fighters. Well, from an mm -hmm. early age, actually. And one of them, he, uh, this this phrase stuck with me. And I'm really interested to hear your thoughts about it, say particularly from a boxing perspective. And his words was, um, a good young'un, will always beat a good olden. Yeah, yeah. Any thoughts so, around so, that? It's too yeah, general for yeah, me, that is. Yeah, no, no, no yeah, that's, a, that's a common one. It's like a good big one will always beat a good small one. Uh, we always have that one as well. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's a tough one because it, there is the truth behind it, but in the same breath, the, the good olden is far more experienced than the good young'un. And mm. sometimes that good olden has plenty of tricks up his sleeve that he can move you around and he can put mm. you exactly where you are. You, like the good olden could be losing every minute of every, every second of every round right until the last moment and then just pull something out of the bag and it's, it's all over, you know? So yeah. it's, a, it's a very tough one. But, but I would say on law of averages, yeah, it's a, good, it's a, it's a pretty... It's a pretty good quote and it's a pretty honest quote as well on the law of averages. I always remember, I've used this quote before, um, Wayne, very, very, and I'm going to use the word legend of a footballer. And he said to me, he was, let's put it this way, he wasn't renowned for running up and down the pitch. And he said to me, more or less what you've just said, play at the back, I can deliver a pass in the 89th minute onto the centre forward's head, 1-0, that's all I need to do. This, he said football, and, and he knew my philosophy, that football is a great metaphor for life. And he said, yeah. "It is." He said, I agree with you, it is like life. You know, be calm, be quiet, and pick your moment. And for me, Wayne, they were very, very profound, wise words. Yeah. And you, what you're saying there, you know, I love your, your phraseology there, a good old and I'll move you around a bit. I love that. Mm. I love mm. that too. Because it's true in life as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah, this, of course it is. Yeah. this word called experience. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Experience is, experience is the biggest key in all factors, isn't it? Experience. You can't beat. Yeah. I don't believe you can beat experience. I don't believe you can beat experience. So with the work that you do, Wayne, I mean, do you kind of get involved, you know, when you, you're training or the physical side or, and I use that as obviously a very broad term, mm -hmm. but how much of the, uh, the work that you do is, you know, do you work on the mindset stuff? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Not, not in, the, in our community programs with our young people, we, we work on a lot of mindset <laughs> strategies and stuff by using the, the power of sport and we use the disciplines of sport um, and we do it in a way that they don't know that we're doing mm. 
it's 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 moving it around so you can then reservice because that's what happened to me i was on a bad like i i didn't have a bad upbringing at all i had a lovely upbringing loving family um everything like mum and dad all together the lot but i just i took the wrong path my choice you know i got involved with the wrong people got involved in drink drugs and and stuff like that and went down the wrong path but that was all my choice it was no one else no one put me on that um mm. but boxing boxing changed me you know boxing sport changed my life and that was and that was through my mentors my coaches paul lynch and dave cotton they they got hold of me and they transformed my mind like just through sport come on, come to the gym, come down the gym. Yeah, all right, ah, right, brilliant, you're in the gym. Right, let's do this, let's do that. Every time my mind went to wander, they'd bring me back in with something. Ah, did you watch the fight at the weekend? Blah, blah, blah. Just, they would do things that, like, they'll do things in the same as we do things now with young people, that we use the tools of the sport to change the mindset. And and as we're saying, like, ah, oh, did you notice, like, when you went out and you'd done all them three runs, how much fitter you was? Oh, mm. but yeah, oh, yeah, 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 you got that, didn't you? Yeah, so how much fitter you are now? So so why don't you do your runs on your paper round? Get a job and go and do a paper round and do your runs there. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Then they start that. Now they're starting to develop that time where they can, uh, they're getting a little bit of get up and go. They're building a little bit of a CV. They're getting themselves a little job. Then you move it on to the next stage and stuff like that. And we work on that. We work on that. That's the kind of stuff that we work within the young people, like with youth offending, like trying to stop them reoffending the county lines of gang culture and stuff like that we weren't using the sport and that instead of just being direct approach with them so because you think that some people like that are in that kind of authority they're under authority all the time probation youth offending they've got all this and people talking to them directly and it's not working like they keep reoffending, they keep doing this because it, they and they switch off when they're in the room with these their local authority like their their key workers and stuff but like when we use the power of sport to change the mindset and show how well that they can improve their life through sport, not just through sport, by, but, but by what they're doing with sport, how they're improving there, we can then get it to transform into their daily lives. And then next minute, they're, like you hear that they're having interviews, they've got a job, they're off of their drugs, they're not smoking anymore, they're not drinking anymore, they're, they're, they're doing better for their lives and that. And it's all stemmed from the power of sport. That's when we know that we've done our job. But working on mindset, like it's, that's in the community. Now, when we're in the boxing club and I'm with my, my athletes, my boxers, then it's completely different. We're working on lots of different mindset tracks. We have lo lots of conversations about different scenarios, what might come up in this bout, how your opponent might attack you, or, or if he does this, you're going to do that. This scenario, what happens if you get knocked down? How are you going to approach that? Because we have to talk about this, because it's mm -hmm. all right thinking, I'm going to go out there and win, but what happens if you do get sat on the back, on your seat of your pants? How are mm -hmm. you going to react? How are you going to come back? We have to we have to do strategies like that and work out on what exactly is going to happen in that in that in that moment because that's the moment when you have to dig deep when you have to find out what's who you are about yourself you know um, it happened to me I, I remember I was boxing I was facing a guy called Mohammed Tayyir Khan his name was and. Um, and uh, he, I remember he backed me up against the ropes. Next minute, I was on my hands and knees. And I thought, what am I doing here? 
like that, I realised I'd been knocked down, like in a massive leisure centre, all my friends around me, everyone screaming, there I was on my hands and knees. Um, don't even remember the punch. He hit me, like, looked it back on the, on the video, he hit me with a lovely uppercut. Still don't remember it to this day. And um, I, I was there on my hands and knees, and I got up and my legs were like jelly. They were all over the place. On the video, it doesn't look like that. It just looks like I stood up. But, but the, uh, in my head, my legs were all over the place. And, um, and then that's when you dig deep and you find something about yourself. Are you going to give up? Are you going to fight back? Or are you just going to, are you going to crumble? And I fought back. I didn't win the fight, but I fought back. <laughs> mm, mm. So it's just like, it's things like that, you know, and we work on a lot of that. Like mindset for athletes is huge. Yeah. Like, and it's, and I think, I think um, it's, it's very, it's also a subject that's not used that much. Like until you get either an, a very experienced coach or a higher level coach, um, it's, start, it's something that's been brought in along through sports science that people, now coaches are starting to educate themselves on more and start moving using it more down the line so like with juniors and stuff like that so you can really start preparing athletes and young people wow so um, i'm gonna ask you a big question to uh, bring the bout to an end way but before i do that just want to invite you mm -hmm. to share your contact details how people can reach out find out more about you the amazing work you do within the community so what's your what's your primary contact details yeah, so thank, thank you very much. Yeah, so you can you can find me myself on all all um, social media platforms. Just search for Wayne Smith. Uh, on most of them, I'm Wayne Smith underscore eighty five, like on for your Instagrams and um, stuff like that, and Twitter. But uh, and if you want to see the great work that we're doing um, in the community in the schools, then just search Olympia Boxing CIC. I've got a website, which is www.olympiaboxing.co.uk or you can find us on all social medias at Olympia Boxing. Superb. So towards the final bell then, Wayne, the big mm -hmm. question. Obviously, you've got a very diet, well, you've had a very diverse path from the way you've shared with us today. And, you know, a lot of experience in there, a lot of diverse experience. But if you was to leave one piece of advice, guidance, insight, call it what you will. And I'm going to constrain you, Wayne, deliberately to 30 seconds to make it a real knockout punch piece of advice. What would that piece of advice be for our listeners? Yeah, so I've got the same bit of advice every time someone asks me this, and that is get out of your own way get out your own way anything is possible with the right mindset like if you want to if you want something bad enough go out and get it you will find every, you will you will find a way to smash through the walls just get out of your own way anything is possible get out your own way wow what a great title that is what a great title for a podcast listeners get out <laughs> of your own way watch this space that's all i'm going to say on that one other than to thank Wayne for um, obviously, and I can't believe, listeners, I cannot believe that uh, Dr. Dyer, Wayne Dyer, with the same name, I had a senior moment. <laughs> maybe I took a blow too. Maybe I took a blow too yeah. many in my time. I don't know. That's it. <laughs> but on that uh, happy note, listeners, thank you for being part of this uh, this episode with Wayne and I. And all that remains now is to sign off by saying, remember. The world's changing. How will you respond?
Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond? <laughs>